Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. One mom texted her son and said, Your grandfather just passed away, LOL. The son replied, Mom, why is that funny? And the mom said, it's not funny. Why would you think it's funny? And he said, Mom, LOL means laughing out loud. And she said, oh, I thought it meant lots of love. Now I have to text everybody back. (laughs) Yeah, I like this picture, uh, a mom carrying her baby and other stuff in the other basket. And my mom didn't quite carry me like that, but uh, mom carried me a lot when I was little. And it seems funny because uh, my mom was like uh, five, 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 six at the tallest and five, three when she passed away and never weighed 100 pounds. But uh, she was a fantastic cook. She actually taught cooking at the college level. I, they don't do that anymore, but back in the 70s they did. And she was athletic. She was one of the hardest hitters in softball that uh, we've ever seen. And she could really run the bases. Uh, uh, she was something. The highlight of our childhood is when she ran down my brother, who was an all-star shortstop in Little League. She ran him down and tagged him out. And, We remind him of that frequently, but, you know, we moved often, and everywhere we went, people met my mom and loved her. She was honestly the nicest person I ever knew when I was growing up, and she had a goofy, funny sense of humor, telling telling jokes. She made us laugh often, but, but she also was very serious about serious things. She took family seriously. She took church seriously. She took following the Lord seriously, and mom taught us many things about character and life. But the most important thing my mom taught me was to trust and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And and I appreciate that. Not everybody has that luxury. When I said, raise your hand, if you had a mom who was a spiritual influence, there were some people who couldn't raise their hand. Uh, There's some of you today, right now, your mom has never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. My mom not only trusted Christ when she was about seven years old, uh, she's been with the Lord for close to a decade now. And... Uh, but, but some of you don't have that. You can still appreciate the things your mom taught you. You learn some things from your mom. And uh, even the absolute worst mother on earth, there was a mother in the 20s in Chicago who was a gang boss, and she taught all her sons how to rob and steal and kill. And uh, even, even that she could teach Her kids could have learned something from her, like, don't be like that. You can learn a lesson from your mom one way or the other. But what does a biblical mom look like? Uh, By the way, at breakfast, I was saying, I I thought that picture with my mom and I, I thought that was the only picture I had of just me and mom. All the others, because I had multiple siblings and and kids. And, and, uh, well, Megan went and pulled out a photo book and opened it up, and there's another one. And showed me another from our wedding. Uh, there was a picture of just my mom and I. But, uh, but I, I, 
miss my mom at Mother's Day. My siblings and I uh, talk about her, uh, especially the first part of May. We always really miss her, uh, and we miss her at Christmas. She loved nuts about Christmas. My dad was kind of a bah humbug, and, and so between dad and mom, we had kind of a balanced Christmas perspective. Uh, but what does a biblical mom look like? You know, there's a lot of moms mentioned in the Bible, and some of them are pretty good. Like, who's the first mom? Eve, the mother of all living. And before she was a mom, she made a terrible choice. And she chose selfishness. She rebelled against God. But then the Bible indicates, like when, uh, when her son was born, her firstborn son, she's looking to the Lord for deliverance. And, and so when she became a mom or before she became a mom, she seemed to get serious about spiritual things. And then she's the first mom to experience the heartache of having to bury a child. My mom had that. My brother died before my mom. And, and lots of moms have had to bury a child. And, and it's a heartache. And Eve was the first one to experience that. Then there's Jochebed, or as they say in Hebrew, it's kind of like Yochebed. Uh, and that's the closest we're going to get, okay? But she was the mother of who? Moses. And, and she was spiritually minded. She was a good mom. She, she seemed to be a woman of faith and commitment, and she did what she could to provide for her son. And then she released him to the Lord. And, and uh, I, you know, it doesn't say when she died. And so I, I think probably she lived to see her son become powerful in Egypt and a leader there. Uh, but did she live long enough to see him uh, have to flee as a murderer and go away for 40 years? And did she live long enough to see him at 80 years old come back with the power of God in his life? I don't think so. But I like to have this image of her in heaven and, and, and people dying and going to heaven and telling her all about what her boy Moses is still doing on earth. And, and uh, I don't know if that's what happened, but we'll find out when we get there. There was a mom who suffered uh, tragically beyond our capacity to comprehend, Mrs. Job. Her name's not mentioned, the wife of Job. She and her husband lost 10 kids and everything they owned. And while they're trying to hang in there, then her husband lost his health, and Mrs. Job just wanted to die. She just wanted the suffering to be over. But God healed her husband, blessed them. She went on to have 10 more kids. And, uh, and, and lived to, he lived to see his great-great-grandchildren. So uh, presumably she did too. But we also have some pretty bad illustrations of moms in Scripture. There, there's a mom mentioned in, in 2 Kings chapter 6. And I, with the kids in here, I can't even tell you how despicable that mom was and what she did to her child. Her self-centered starvation led her to do something vile and despicable that caused the life of her child. And Rebecca, whose who's two sons, what two sons did Rebecca have? Jacob and Esau. And, and she played favorites. She liked Jacob, and, and she didn't like Esau quite so much. And Isaac liked Esau, and he didn't like Jacob so much. And parents, grandparents, if you show favorites, you destroy your family. And so Rebecca talked Jacob into deceiving his own father and stealing the birthright. And then Jezebel, 
even her name, you know. Nobody names their daughters Jezebel. Nobody with a biblical understanding names their daughters Jezebel. Um, it, her, she led her family and her nation into idolatry, and she also led the conspiracy to murder Nabal, an innocent man. And then Athaliah. She had a son named King Ahaziah, and when he died, she tried to kill every man that had lineage to the throne so that she could be queen, and she missed one. And six years later, that one became king, and she died. Then Herodias. John the Baptist told her it was unlawful for her to be with her brother-in-law. And she was angry about that, and she talked her daughter Salome into murdering John, having John the Baptist put to death. And then this girl, who's not innocent, but, but young, you know, and she had to carry that platter with his head to her mother. Her mom put her in that ugly, ugly situation. There's another mom named Micaiah. She was the queen mom. She was wife of King Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, and she was one of his wives. He had multiple. and So she was a wife of King uh, mother of King Abijah and grandmother to King Asa, and uh, she tried to lead the nation to worship idols, so Asa had to remove his grandmother from her position of political influence and authority. So in the Bible, we have some good moms, and, and we have some bad moms, and we have some very bad moms, right? There are moms with lots of kids and moms who just had one. There's moms who had to endure a husband having multiple wives, which is illegal today, but it wasn't back then. And, and we have women whose husbands divorced them for petty reasons. Um, they divorced them for all kinds of reasons. Uh, and in fact, a man in, in that some of the Old Testament culture, he could declare his wife unfit, divorce her, marry another, declare her unfit. Some of them had a dozen wives a year. And so some of those moms were single moms because their husband died, single moms because their husband divorced them, and there's a couple that were single moms who never got married but had children. So, so what does that biblical mom look like? If we want a biblical example of motherhood, I, I think that we can find an excellent mom who can teach us some good things, and, and that would be Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we can learn from her. So if you take your Bibles and turn to Luke 2, we'll be there in just a moment. Uh, Mary is one who trusted God and sought to obey Him. And uh, she actually watched her son die on a cross like Eve, her son died, um, but, but differently. Um, Jesus died for the people of the world and saved our souls in the process. So... God introduces us to Mary actually in chapter 1, but we're going to look in chapter 2. In, in chapter 1, uh, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, uh, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah, and God's going to richly bless you, and for the rest of life on earth, people will talk about what a blessing Mary has been. And so uh, she, she uh, accepted God's plan and said, I will obey and I will uh, do that, even though at the time she didn't know if it was going to work out with Joseph. She, she didn't know if it was going to work out with her parents. She said, I'll do what the Lord wants. 
But this morning, we're going to look at the things that Mary did that, that we can do. And not just the women here, not just the moms, but even the guys. We can do this and we can learn from this. So the first thing about Mary is that Mary thought deeply. Now, there's a note sheet in your bulletin. If you want to use that, you can fill in those blanks in, in that note, and, and that could help you remember some of this. Uh, Mary thought deeply. Luke chapter 2, look at verse 17. This is after the birth of Christ, after uh, the shepherds have come in from the field and told them what they saw, and uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 17. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherd. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, you probably don't use the word pondering. You know, if you're sitting in a chair and somebody comes up and say, hey, what you doing? You might say, oh, I'm just sitting and thinking. You wouldn't say, I am pondering the principles of... You wouldn't use that phrase. But Mary thought deeply. The idea is that she treasured these words. You know, sometimes we don't pay attention. Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah, and so sometimes you hear things, but it doesn't resonate. It doesn't register. Kathy and I actually are trying to work on not saying... Don't you remember, blah, 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 whatever it was? Because if the person remembered, they wouldn't be asking, right? So we're trying to, to work that out of in, in our relationship, not to use that phrase. But, uh, but one slipped in this week. I asked her about something, and she looked at me, and she gave me an answer. And I thought, she's saying that as if it should sound familiar. It, it didn't, but it, it should have, perhaps. And, but, but Mary kept things. Have you ever been into a library and they group books? By such, Mary put things on the shelves. She organized things in her mind and she pondered and thought about it and treasured it. All through her story, we find Mary being one who thinks about life and truth and, and all the stuff going on about her. And she was continually processing and evaluating. Uh, Mary didn't just sit back and whatever. She wasn't a bimbo. She wasn't somebody who tuned out. She wasn't uh, narcissistic and self-centered. She focused and she thought, and she thought deeply. Second thing Mary did is Mary thought spiritually. And I want you to mark Luke chapter 2. We're going to come back here and then turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And this is when the wise men come. How many wise men were there? We don't know. There's that song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Um, well, there were three gifts they presented, but we don't know how many. I, I was in a Christmas program once years ago in Texas, and they made sure we had four wise men in the Christmas program because we didn't know, you know. And, and then in Texas, you know, when they have the wise men, they, they have them wear fire hats, right? You know that, right? Because the Bible says they came from afar. Oh. Bad, bad. 
All right, let's get back to the message, okay? <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, Mary thought spiritually. Mary was thinking spiritually, and the wise men came, and, and she receives them. Look what it says in chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, When they had come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And if you look at the history, the gold was because he was a king, the, uh, uh, the royalty, the frankincense, the myrrh was the, the offer, the, uh, what they would embalm bodies or anoint bodies in, in death. Uh, it was a symbol of that Jesus was prophet, priest, king, and dying for us. Uh, that was the gifts presented to this baby, very unusual gifts. But, but Mary received these wise men, and she thought spiritually. She considered the words of Gabriel, the angel who spoke to her. She considered the words of the shepherd. She considered what uh, Simeon and Anna said. She thought about what the wise men said and did. And, and then Mary packed up and moved in one night to another country following what the Lord taught her husband. Look in verse 13. Now when they had departed, uh, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And they were there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. So ladies, imagine you're Mary, okay? You, ha you have a young child. He's no longer an infant. He might be as old as a year and a half old. But you, you got a young child. Uh, you're settled in for the night. Your husband wakes you up and says, God said we need to move to Egypt right now. Mary got up and moved. She got up and went. They, they took off together. And Mary thought spiritually. You know, later on, uh, Mary and uh, the brothers come, and Jesus is teaching some people. And so Jesus is here teaching that somebody like comes up to the side and says, hey, your mother and your brothers are outside wanting to talk to you. And what did Jesus say? Who's my mother? Who's my brother? These that do the will of my father. And now picture you're Mary. And you go up and you let him know you want to talk to your son. And he says, these people are my family. Mary didn't throw a fit. Mary didn't stomp and pout. Mary accepted that Jesus' spiritual family was just as important, even more important, than his biological family. Not many moms could do that. In fact, I have always called my mother-in-law mom. Uh, from the time Kathy and I first started dating, even before we were officially you know, engaged and you know, planning to get married, uh, from my first date, I called my mother-in-law and my father-in-law mom and dad. Uh, I, I, they knew I was smitten, and I knew I was smitten. I just, and you know, I, I, my mom never complained. I had a friend tell me once, oh man, if I called my mother-in-law mom, my mom would really be upset. 
my mom was happy I found another family. You know, she was just grateful somebody would take me in and help me grow up. And, and, but, but Mary looked beyond her family. She looked beyond her kids. She looked beyond her. Some people get so focused on their own family, they forget the family of God. Mary wasn't one of those people. She was just fine with Jesus saying, my family are those that are doing the will of the Father. In fact, when, when you get to heaven, you will be just as much a brother to Jesus Christ as James and Jude were in their life on earth because he made us his spiritual family. Mary thought deeply and Mary thought spiritually. The third thing Mary did was Mary lived for God back in her hometown. That's kind of hard sometimes. It's difficult sometimes to go back. What happened in Mary's hometown before she left? By the way, uh, Luke uh, 1.26, Gabriel went to see Mary in the city of Nazareth. So Nazareth is the hometown. If you look in verse 23 here, um, Joseph came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of, by the prophet, he shall be called a Nazarene. So she's going back to Nazareth. What happened in Nazareth when Mary lived there before? Gabriel showed up. What happened immediately after Gabriel talked to Mary? She was expecting a child. Conception happened right then. And then she went and she saw Elizabeth, and then she came back home. And when she came back home, she had been gone for three months, she came back home. Did Joseph at initially think, oh, this is a spiritual thing happening? No. Joseph was thinking about, Matthew chapter 1, he's thinking about how to put Mary away privately. He cared for her. He, he was concerned for her. And so he didn't want to just, you know, rebuke her in front of everybody, but but he thought, this is, she's not supposed to be having a baby. She was betrothed to me. Even the one she was going to spend her life with didn't understand. How do you think her friends at synagogue felt? How do you think the people in the community thought? Oh, yeah, great story, Mary. <laughs> they wouldn't have believed it. It's really hard to go back home, especially when home has been a source of difficulty for you. But Mary did it. She went back home. She served God. She loved the Lord. She served Him there. The unusual circumstances where she was expecting a child through the miraculous conception, uh, the, the miracle of God creating new life, uh, but she went back and she served Him. And you know, Mom, sometimes it's, it's hard to go back home. If, if, if you've been a wild child, it's hard for you as an adult to serve God in the place where you had made a mess of your life. But you know what? You can do it. God gives the strength. And you don't have to move away to start over. You know what you need to start over? A heart for God. You can say, I'm going to follow God today, and I can't change the past, but I can change the future. And you can start following Him today and set a new path, a new course. 
But Mary went back and she served God in her hometown. Now, earlier when Kathy Bird was sharing a testimony about her mom, she said, when I was growing up, mom was not my friend. She was my mom. Now she's my friend. Uh, some moms try and be best buddies. Some dads try and do that too. But, but look in uh, chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13. And uh, then we're going to jump over to Luke. Matthew chapter 13 and uh, verse 55, just looking at the kids of Mary. Matthew 13, 55, and it says, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simeon, and Judas? By the way, there are churches that teach that Joseph was an old guy who had kids from a previous marriage, and he took pity on Mary, and he married her to give her a husband. That's not what the Bible says. They were already betrothed before Gabriel came and talked to Mary. In the Bible, they're presented as a young couple about to begin their married life together. And so after Jesus was born, in fact, it says he knew her not till after Jesus was born. Then after Jesus, Mary had biological children with Joseph. At least seven of them. Four of them are boys mentioned by name. James, Joseph, Simeon, and Judas. And his sisters, are they not all with us? Now the way that's described there, it's not, are they not both with us? He's saying sisters, so you know it's at least two, right? But then are they not all with us? Then that is more than two by the construction of the sentence. So Mary had Jesus and four boys and at least three girls. We don't know the birth order. Presumably, James is the oldest. Presumably, the boys are mentioned in order, but the girls might have been mixed in there. Uh, we don't know. Uh, the way they kept track for census purposes is different than what we do. In our world, a woman counts 100% whole, a woman has a vote, a woman has, but in their culture that wasn't true. So women weren't quite as important in the statistics there. They were to God, but, but not always to their parents. Kind of sad, huh? Uh, but, but Mary accepted her, her authority as a mom. She is a mom of, presumably, at least eight kids. Now, look at this picture that I have up here. What, what's the mom doing? Yeah, it looks like she's teaching something. By the way, you can turn back to Luke chapter 2. She's teaching something. Does the girl look thrilled to be learning? No. The, the girl looks pretty grumpy about it. Does mom look like this is a joyful mother-daughter moment? Not quite. But guess what? Mom is still doing it. Now, I don't know if, you know, maybe they're preparing for her homework to, to go to Sunday school, or maybe mom's homeschooling the daughter. I don't know. But Mary accepted her authority as a mom. This is really important. Look in Luke chapter 2. Uh, I'm sorry, Luke. Yeah, the end of Luke. I'm in the wrong spot, so... 
uh, Luke chapter 2, the end of the chapter. In uh, Luke 2.51, then he, and that's Jesus, uh, this story comes about, they had gone up to the temple, Jesus was 12, they went to the temple and then they left and they went home and Joseph and Mary found Jesus still in the temple and I, I was reading something about Mary and one person mentions Mary as one of the bad moms in the Bible because they went on a road trip and she forgot her son wasn't with her. We don't travel the way they did. In their culture, uh, that traveling... How many of you have gone on a trip with multiple families going? Yeah. Uh, we used to pile into several station wagons and hit the road. In fact, uh, there was a time when we would drive from Tucson to California, spend the whole day on the ocean, and then drive back because we couldn't afford hotels in California. In fact, Kathy and I have done that with our kids. But growing up, my family, we did that a lot. And my grandparents lived in uh, Long Beach, and so sometimes we'd go have this big campground in their backyard with three families moving into their backyard and, and then go on the beach and everything, and then three station wagons pile in and head back to Arizona. And so in that setting, it, there were a bunch of people going. It was Mary and Joseph and uncles and aunts and cousins and everybody. And, and so you just assume all the cousins are off there going and everybody knows it's time to leave. And so you head out. It's not like they loaded up the car and Mary said, oh, Jesus isn't here. Oh, well, let's hit the road. Uh, that's not how it went. Mary, I think, was a good mom. But they found Jesus and now, in verse 51, they're heading back to Nazareth. And he, Jesus, went down with them. It's actually going north, but they call it going down. When you leave Jerusalem, everything's downhill from there in the Jewish mindset. So uh, they went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So Mary's still doing her thinking thing, thinking deeply, thinking spiritually, but Jesus was subject to them. Mary accepted her authority as a mom. How could you make the perfect son of God follow the rules? I don't know. I'll have to ask my mom when I get to have it. No. Uh, how, how do you do that? I, but Mary accepted her role as a mom. And Jesus was subject to them. By the way, he was 12 years old. In their culture, a 13-year-old was celebrated as becoming a man. So this is like teenage year stuff going on here. Adolescent angst in play, and he still submitted to his mom and dad. The perfect son of God submitted to the authority of God. And so... Mary knew that Jesus was the God-anointed Messiah, but she still followed her God-appointed role as a mom and as an authority. A lot of the problems we have in our cultures, in our culture, is because parents won't be parents. Parents want to be buddies. They want to be fun. You need to be an authority. It doesn't mean that you're always bossy and pushy, but it does mean you accept your responsibility to point your kids to God, to guide your kids, to encourage them. 
So um, we, we need to be thinking. We need to be listening to God and following God. And, and uh, moms and dads and kids and everybody need to listen not only to God, they need to listen to each other. Uh, moms, good moms, listen to their husbands. They listen to their kids. In fact, one time Kathy and I were getting ready to go somewhere. I don't remember where we were going. But, but we're all ready to go. We're getting ready to head out the door. And Nathan, who is now a pharmacist up in Flagstaff, but back then he was about this tall. And, and Nathan looks up at Kathy. He says, Mom, you going with your hair like that? And Kathy said, yes. He said, silly mommy. <laughs> what do you think Kathy did? She changed her hair. <laughs> I don't know what, remember what she changed it from, too, but silly mommy. You need to listen to your kids. And parents, it's great to be an authority, but in that authority, you have to accept the responsibility to listen. Um, the Bible says if you answer a matter before you hear it, it's shame and folly to you. And sometimes parents can do that. They hear part of it and then answer. I, I had a conversation like that with some folks once. I started to explain something, and I got the first sentence of about seven needed to explain this thing. And I got through the first sentence, and they started jumping all over me. If they had listened to the other six, they would have understood it and not. And we, we can do that as parents. I was particularly impatient when my kids would tell a story sometimes because they start talking and get distracted in their brain and then they start talking and then they get distracted and you, you know what I'm saying they just go back over and sometimes it's like seven times through this to get to that and you need to let kids learn how to communicate and guide them you know it's okay listen to the whole thing and then say all right now say that in three sentences teach them how to communicate more effectively but take time to listen I think Mary did that. She listened to everybody. She listened to strangers, Simeon and Anna. She listened to angels. She listened to her husband. And later on, she listens to her adult son, Jesus. You need to listen and learn. And so moms need to lead to guide their kids uh, to live well while preparing for life in heaven. But you also need to be able to listen to them. And being a mom can be a wonderful privilege. Uh, my mom, for for her whole life, rejoiced that God allowed her to be a mom. Uh, she had more fun being a mom than anything else she did. And she did a lot of stuff. But being a mom was the highlight of her life. And then being a grandmother. And, and I'm blessed that my kids got to learn to know my mom well. My mom lived long enough for my kids to have a, a good relationship with, with uh, their grandmother. And uh, not, not the great-grandkids. My grandkids don't remember my mom. But... You know, learn and grow and mature and accept your responsibility. It's a privilege, but it has obligations that come with it. All right, number five, Mary encouraged people to trust and follow Jesus. In uh, uh, John, is it John? Yeah, John 2, uh, Jesus um, and Mary are at a wedding, and uh, Mary goes to Jesus with a problem, and then Mary tells all the other people, listen, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. 
you know, moms, that's still good advice to give your kids. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. According to most surveys in America, it's the mom that keeps the family in church. According to most surveys in America, if it was up to the dad, the family would kind of drift away from church. But moms keeps them there. It shouldn't be that way. That's kind of a slacker dad syndrome. But uh, moms influence their family greatly, even if the dad does not. Remember the scripture that Todd was reading earlier, and he talked about uh, Timothy's mom and grandmother. And, and Paul said, the faith that was in your grandmother and in your mom, and I'm sure is in you. What happened to grandpa and dad? They're not mentioned. But even a mom who does not have or uh, a godly spouse can still have a godly influence. And we see that in the life of Timothy. All right, take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. One last thing that we learn about Mary that's really significant, especially in the kind of cult-like worship there is of Mary in some places in the world. We worship Jesus. We worship God the Father, Son, and Spirit. We appreciate Mary. We value her, but we don't worship her. Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. Acts 1, 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. If you join us on Wednesday night prayer time, which we had last week, and Dennis led a Bible study for us, and then we spent some time praying, and sometimes the kids prayed, sometimes women prayed, sometimes men prayed. I know generally in our services, we don't have women pray from the pulpit um, because the Bible makes a clear distinction that, that men are supposed to be the ones leading the teaching in the church for men. Um, over women and kids, it doesn't matter. It could be a man, it could be a woman. But, uh, and I think that's found in the Bible. We submit to God's Word, um, even though I think my wife sometimes is a better communicator than I am. We submit to what God's Word says for His plan for His church because He makes the rules. Uh, but some people don't allow women to have any influence in the church at all. And I love this because this is in a culture which was male-dominated. In a male-dominated culture, here's the church, the early church, and what happens? The men and the women are praying together and seeking God together. But look at what Mary's doing with Mary, with her. So Mary served with others, not over them. Mary served with others, not over them. Mary exalted Jesus, not herself. Mary didn't sit down in the early church and say, let me tell you, Jesus is great because I raised him. That's my boy. That's, that wasn't what Mary did. Mary wasn't like Athaliah, well, my son's dead, so now I'm going to take over. That wasn't Mary. 
And, and listen well and remember this. Listen well. Mary would have been offended if anyone had called her the mother of God. That's a, an abomination to call Mary mother of God. She was blessed to give birth to Jesus in the incarnation. But Jesus existed long before Mary. He is God the Son in eternity past, stepped into humanity in a miraculous birth, miraculous conception, a rather normal, painful birth. Uh, but, but Mary would have rejected that. And the churches, and it's not just one, there's multiple churches that exalt and venerate Mary, Mary would have been offended by that. Mary would have told them, no, 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 it's all about Jesus. Follow him. So what does a biblical mom look like? I love this picture that Megan picked out for us. She's behind the screen. What does a biblical mom look like? Mm, I don't know. I can't quite see her through that paper. A biblical mom looks like a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. A biblical mom looks just like you could be. Now, I'm not, you're never going to be a mother if you're a guy, but you're going to be a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, I think if, if men were the ones to give birth, our population would decrease every generation. When I was in the hospital, I, I, at 42 years old, I had a blood clot. It went from my hip down to my knee and this leg, this massive blood clot. And I was in the hospital. I was in pain. They'd given me morphine, and I still had tears just streaming down my face. And the doctor came in and said, well, I hope you get a lot more respect for your wife now. You know, the pain that you're going through right now, that's kind of like the, the pain of childbirth. And, and your wife went through that for you to have kids, and you should respect her more. And I said, Doc, if, if this is like giving birth, I respect her even less. Any woman to do this twice is nuts. <laughs> have you ever had an ER doctor just rip you? I mean, he was yelling at me. Other people in the ER were running over to see what's going on because this doctor's going nuts. And, uh, truth is, I couldn't have done what Kathy did. And I'm very grateful I don't have to. When, when our oldest was born, it was kind of an emergency delivery. We were in the hospital, and they had an a, a EMT there, and he was training for emergency deliveries out in the field. And so they asked us if he could be in there because this was really happening fast. Could he be in there? This was a, a good simulation for him. And we said, okay. You know, and so he kind of stood in the corner. And I delivered our oldest daughter because the doctor wasn't there yet. And the nurse was panicking because it was all going so fast and everything. And, and so uh, when it was all done, this guy's still standing in the corner. And he just, you know, he's a little whiter than he was when he started. And... Uh, he says to Kathy, well, uh, thanks for letting me observe. And Kathy said, well, did you learn anything? And he said, yeah, thank God I'm not a woman. <laughs> Moms, we appreciate it. My dad used to tell us boys, your mom went through pain and agony to bring you into this world, boy, and this is how you treat her. We appreciate our moms. Even the ones who weren't the best moms, we still learn something from them. 
and those of us who were, who were blessed to have a mom who had a heart for God, we are very blessed. So thank you, moms, and all of us. Learn what we can to follow God in the role that God has for us. Not everybody gets to be a mom, not everybody gets to be a dad, but follow God in the role God has for you. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing victory at victoryarizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.